Father, thank you so much for what a glorious day we have here and just be able to um, come to you this morning, Father, and be able to open up your scriptures and be able to learn about who you are and, Father, your uh, passionate, um, ever, um, ever engaging pursuit of our hearts, um, to have all of them, um, have no equals, to have no rivals, um, that our hearts and our souls would be tuned on. And Father, I just ask as we uh, go through our time together today that you would use this, Father, through the power of your Spirit to even you know, evict um, ourselves our, personally. And Father, just be able to encourage our hearts uh, towards uh, intimacy. Father, as we look into scriptures and we apply them to different situations, and uh, Father, I just ask that you would help each one of us he here to be able to learn from one another and to understand how to approach uh, these things that seem to captivate our hearts and a downward spiral and uh, address those in a biblical way, Father, and help us to be able to only be able to learn how, how to apply them personally, but, Father, also how to come alongside others in, in their pursuit of becoming. Father, we ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. <coughs> well, David... Um, was uh, sick this weekend, and so he's like on, in bed and taking some really some really big pills. <laughs> um, got some type of uh, can't speak really. So uh, also so um, thought that you know last week we really and I just I think it's I think it's uh, providential that we could maybe take some more time and spend some more talking through what we. Um, no, he wasn't. Um, so I, I just, I mean, I felt like, you know, it would be really helpful and valuable to each one of us to be able to try to take a little bit more depth into this and a little more application into this and be able to um, uh, try to apply it in, in, a, in a more concrete way. Because um, we really didn't get quite enough time last week. So um, if you can take the handout that I just gave you, I can... Um, just reframe and re remind us of what we talked about last week. And then I really just want to get into doing some actual hands-on work in the scriptures um, today. And so um, last week we defined biblical counseling. I added to number two a little bit here. Um, but we did, when we talk about biblical counseling, um, I think it's important for me to, to uh, suggest in a powerful way that Biblical counseling is, is not for somebody else. It's for each Christian, each Brit's, um, our ability to better understanding of ourselves and to counsel ourselves, which is what I think the vast majority of this is about for me personally, or um, how can I um, come alongside of somebody else. When I think about um, biblical counseling, I think about um, the second part, or the first part here, which is discerning the thinking that God wants to change. So what, what does God want? How does... God want to change my thinking. Carol, when we're in prayer, we we in a group we talk, you know, pray a lot about just how how God is. Um, um, I know. Second one here is using God's word to change thinking and behavior, and I put in here to become more like Christ. So I think that's the key thing here. Become more like Christ, and 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 we can see that certainly in in Romans um, eight uh, thirty nine, where he says, you know, the purpose, his purpose, you know, in this life is is to conform us to. The, that is really what that one's about. And then the third one is to change for the benefit of the individual and for the glory of God. You know, and I thought, 
Last week, Ann uh, shared some good points here, so I just, I'll call them out as I just quickly run through uh, these different things that we looked at last week. So the next thing we looked at was um, intimacy with God and this, this road being the, God's perfect will in our lives and that we encounter this noisy soul or an idol or a situation or a circumstance or a relationship. Or I'll suggest you can add one more thing on here, which is kind of wrapped up in the ones above, but um, and I'll, I'll just put in here thinking. You know how we think. You know the way we think. Um, and so, um, when I th- when I when I put that down, what you're going to see later on today is the lies. You know that we that we that we have come to believe, or we believe in the. Okay, so I'll talk more about that today. And then um, then we begin this sp- this way down, and the, the goal usually in this when you wrap it around, uh, really about pleasing myself usually. So um, this the discipline of the Lord you know, certainly is on the left hand side, but it's also on the right hand side here. And um, he will work with us to do whatever he, it takes to um, get us back to that place where we were before. And so um, we said the, the core problem uh, here is unbelief, uh, the fruits of the flesh. Um, you had a chance to kind of go through those verses I gave you last week, but I gave you verses for each one of these. That downward spiral, they're, they're serial in nature, not parallel in process. Uh, you go through description. Then um, you get to the bottom here, and, and the way out of versus the way down uh, to repent. Uh, to turn with me to Psalms chapter 51, uh, 51. I think there's probably no better um, psalm, there's no probably no better uh, text to talk through um, this process of repentance, forgiveness, reconciliation, rest, intimacy, and restoration than Psalm. And he says here, uh, wait till everybody gets there. <clears throat> Psalm 51, he says, Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions. So this my iniquity, my sin, my transgressions, I think are the three um, points here as it pertains to ownership of sin. And um, I would suggest that this is David's repentance, where he's repenting, owning his sin. And, um, and then he goes on to says um, the, the, the repercussions of me owning my sin versus before I own my sin is that my sin is ever before me. The point here is that he's, he's heartbroken about his sin. It's like it, 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 it is um, ever before him because it hasn't been resolved. Um, it, it, it has taken over his thoughts uh, because of the impatience of his sin situation. And he says, verse 4, against you and you only have I I sinned, uh, I have sinned. And and the the scriptures probably would read better to say in a translation like this, it'd be against thee only do I sin, um, so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. And so the point here is that the whole point of repentance and this bottom, sir, this bottom point right here, is including um, I'm guilty. So other yes, words. yes. But what does he say in the next verse? You want, you want to read that, Marlene? Okay. And, and, and he says, "What? Read verse four for me, if you would." So, so what sin is he talking about here? Okay. What specific sin is it that he's being confronted with by Nathan? Murder. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so, is that a horizontal sin or a vertical sin? But didn't go tight. But is this a is he is he bringing up a horizontal or a vertical sin? 
Vertical, yeah. Horizontal would be, uh, ver vertical would be up, and horizontal would be like with uh, Bathsheba or with Raya or, yeah. so right. So how can, why would he say against you only, have I sinned or do I sin? Thoughts, anybody? God is prime, kind, cause. The first and foremost, I guess, the 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 aha the aha right the aha in the in the process the 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 the, uh, the the conclusion right is that all sin is against God and God alone first and foremost. So even though he had sinned against Bathsheba, even though he sins against that created murder, even hid it from others, like what he's trying to communicate is that sin by its very nature. Um, first and foremost against God. That's the core is what he's saying. He's like, that's, that's the essence of sin because if I hadn't, if I didn't have this sin of unbelief when I did, went against God, like maybe that he wouldn't see this or, or that, you know, obedient or any of those things, then he wouldn't have sinned horizontally. So the, the, the bottom of this, this trajectory is about concluding I'm guilty and concluding that I have sinned against God. Um, it was interesting because a, a situation just with Michael on a, um, a, you know, kind of a relationship. Um, my perspective on it, I did, was good, and and I said like, like there's no there's no reason to meet us. These people have can call against God and God. until you conclude that, like you're not ready for horizontal. Um, so. That is something that I, for me personally, I, I want to conclude really quickly and soon. And if I'm working with somebody, it's the place I'm working towards getting them to, to understand. That chasm, the right? Yes. Yeah. It's a, it is a totally. teaching. So totally. That's what you're saying at first. Seasons in my life, right. you know, that kind of thing. Yep. And totally. And so it, it's that fertile soil of readiness here right. and be hot. Until that, I believe, is the, like, till God cultivates that soil, you know, does the rototiller, right? You know, um, it, rain of the word of God comes down, but it just, so when, when I'm, I think that's just a, it's, that's the key thing, I think, here to um, conclude that um, I need to conclude that, that, that the reason I'm, I'm in this state right here, or the reason why I'm working with a person who's in this state is because they've, they bend, and it could be the way they think. It could be the way they the situation, relation, whatever it is. It's that you know, heart is is thrown far from you. Somehow, in this thing, this way. Does that make sense to everybody? So that's that's that. Um, and he goes on here. He says, uh, verse um, seven: Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. So here we see this uh, forgiveness. He's he's asked for forgiveness. Um, um, Purify me really just means to like unsin me, unsin me, take, remove the sin from me, um, wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. And then verse eight, we see reconciliation. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken, joyce, um, 
this, this idea is make me hear joy and gladness. Bring, bring joy back into my life. Bring gladness back in me. What does joy and gladness come from? It comes from an intimate relationship. It comes from intimacy with God. It comes from that closeness, that fellowship. That's where joy and gladness come from. And he says, let the bones which you have broken, this idea is the bones that you have mashed and crushed and shattered. So what's the implication of that? He's concluding what? Restored. You, yeah. You can be restored. You can be reconciled back to God. The, his point, it's, it's the, 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 I think it's the, yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the word equip, right? I mean, his point is like, equip my, my bones for your purposes. Is the, um, the word equip really comes from the word, it's like, take, it's the, it's an, like, it came from like fishing nets that you would fish with, right? But they'd have holes in them, you know? And so, to, to equip the nets is like to put them back into the place in which they were created for in the first place. So he says, these bones, and his assumption here is like God's at work. <laughs> God's at work behind the scenes here to crush, to mash, to smash, to, to shatter these bones uh, of mine. That's the discipline process I'm talking about. The God is working to do whatever it takes to bring me back to a place of intimacy. It says, let, let them rejoice. Let them, the, the word here, um, Linda would love this, let, let, the, let, the, let the bones which you have mashed and crushed and shattered be allowed to dance again. That's, that's, that's really We're on this downward path. We've got our eyes closed, our ears closed, and we've got our arms up. And no, God no, no, is, no, no, God no. is still <laughs> beating against our arms. Yeah. He is still beating. So we, we're close to this downward point of forgiveness, of calculating. Open up. We yeah. open our ears and eyes. Yeah. God to come in. And others to speak. <laughs> and he's starting the healing process at that point. Yeah. I've broken through. Now we're able to go up. Yeah, I, I think of that song. Your heart, right? In your life. I love that song. You, you all know, you know what I'm talking which one I'm talking about. It's like, Word of God speak. You know? Yeah. And, and that's it. It's like, okay, ready to hear. <laughs> speak to my life, right? Yeah. So um, he says, uh, reconciliation, take me to reconciliation. Bring this back together again so that I can dance. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. So um, do not cast away your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Again, in the New Testament language, right? It's, it's like, um, I have moved far away from you. You didn't move far away from me. Your presence is ever before me. But give me the key to enter into your presence once again. That is through this reconciliation process, through this forgiveness and cleansing process that you have me going through. And then verse 12 is we go from reconciliation to restoration. And, and by the way, there's, there's three dimensions of restoration. One is vertically restoring my relationship with him. Second is personally and internally with my, like my relation, my, like who I am. And then third, what we're going to see in verse um, 18 and 19 is, is public restoration. So he goes, he says, <laughs> There it goes. Um, he says, "Restore to me the joy of thy salvation, and teach and sustain me with a willing spirit." So this willing spirit is a volunteer spirit. So he's saying, like, take me back to the place of where I 
I experienced joy on a regular basis, and I had this 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 want to in my heart um, to please you. Want to in my heart to please you. And he says, then when you do that, I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to thee. So there, here's this public public uh, out, outcome implications of me having a restored heart before the Lord is that because of my restorations, I get the privilege now to be able to tell others about what God did for me and he can do for you. <laughs> it's a testimony. And it's amazing. He says, like, I'll go on steroids. I'm going to tell it from the rooftops. And here we are sitting in the word of God, right, that, that you are great and you can do anything. Um, and he says, as a result of not just teaching the other people who are, who are lawbreakers and, and sinners and have, have severed their relationships with the Lord, um, I'll, I'll speak to them about what he did for me. And as a result, what? Sinners are going to be converted to you. They're going to acknowledge their guiltiness and ask for forgiveness also. And God will be glorified. And he goes on in verse 18, he says, I'll jump there for restoration. He says, by thy favor, do good to Zion, build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in righteous sacrifices and burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then the young bulls will be offered on your altar. And so what's what has happened because of David's sin? Jerusalem and in the nation. He can do it. I can get, get away with it. It was not under a rug. <laughs> there were people who whispered to we people who whispered to people who whispered to people. Who, who, and, and so it was, it was like out there, uh, all behind the scenes, you know. But if he, can, if he can do it and get away with it, then it gives me license, right? You know, if, if my children see me acting a certain way or whatever, and I don't, uh, and I'm not going to um, acknowledge that, and own it, and go through that process myself. Then, then what's going to happen is they're going to think that they can do the same thing, get away with it. And he, he says here, "You're do good to Zion and build the walls of Jerusalem." And the point here is that um, the walls here, I suggest, are spiritual walls. They're they're the fortified spiritual walls of. Of, uh, of the nation. So he's saying, like, because I'm going to do this, it's going to fortify um, the, the health and well-being of the entire nation as a result of my um, uh, leading by example. If you By thinking up, it's going to be a one-on-one situation. Going to bring in other avenues. Yep. Us out are going to others. Amen. Not going to be just a one There is situation. such a halo effect around our lives spiritually. We have no idea, and we will not see all of the um, implications of that until we get to heaven, both for making the wrong decisions and the implications of that and lack of restoration for that and the implications of doing it without honoring Christ's exalting. So we, we right, as, as believers in Christ, um, mm-hmm. our position within, as, as children of God, has not changed. But everything we're talking about here at this time is talking about how, as a child, I can have intimacy with my father. Follow me? Mm-hmm. So I'm still his child, but I've moved. I've told him off. So many words. I already want him. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. child rebels, but 
when we don't have a good relationship. Not that they're no longer our child, they're still our child. Yeah, um, that's exactly so it's what the it is. the same idea. Um, I'm in this study. One thing that Barb says, that just, what you're saying, but in a yeah. way, is that obedience, that's where the joy comes. Not obeying. Love this enough want our good more than to want our pleasure and our comfort. Do whatever it and takes. Right. And if we don't cooperate, it's just going to get heavier, heavier, heavier is the point. You know I me? Mean? In other words, the, the pressing, pressing down. Knowledge it. Yeah. In fact, he says what? He says, uh, um, my sin was ever before me. You know, and we could go to other passages about this same situation. He says, like, like, like it, was, it was just, I couldn't. I couldn't think about anything else. It was just that that and that only was right before me, and I couldn't run from it. I couldn't hide. It, it was all all in kind of thing. Did that answer your, did that answer your question? Yeah. He will cover every sin exactly. we've done. Much more joyous. It doesn't have to cover. Back to our point here of implications of our sin. I mean, other people are watching, and and they very well, you know, when when we talk about this process in our lives, it it could be. Something that God is trying to teach us personally could be something that because of how I actually respond biblically to God's hand, that other people will see it and rejoice, grow, become more like Christ themselves, right? Or number three, as a result of going through this, I now can come alongside somebody else process. So three three ways that God is always at, at work, biblically, you know, uh, Accomplishing his purposes, all the things that are happening, right? Absolutely. And in fact, a lot of times you don't see that until you're in the rearview mirror. Um, really don't. And that's why this confidence of intimacy, which is the fifth and most important thing you'll see over on the the um, the uh, middle on the right hand side, you see abundant life, Galatians, uh, godliness, joy, discernment, intimacy. That that confidence of intimacy there. Is is um, is a key uh, outcome of the discipline process. Like when we say yes to God and acknowledge and go along with hand in our life, um, like that 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 creates purity, that creates intimacy, it creates integrity, and therefore um, we have this confidence, entered closely with Him. So, makes so then, he, in, in, back to Psalm fifty-one, he, he says. Uh, um, he says, uh, verse 17, he says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. So this, the, 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 the way to keep this restoration going on the, quote, the way forward here is brokenness. So if you want to like, put that over to the right-hand side, um, brokenness is how to dwell how to ensure you're continuing to dwell in intimacy with God. Ability and brokenness. Friends, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, what do you guys think? I am book and read. I'm going to be, my heart is going to be more broken and open. I am, you know, out looking at a move mindset. Always, every change. Right view of who God is. Right. right view of who I am. Oh, oh, it grieves. Not rationalizing myself. Not trying to justify it by, well, this person did this, so I had every right to do that. Um, just a, a general, so I, I don't know maybe the emotion of broken, not always extremely, but I'm dwelling me, I am still. Um, says, he says, Lord is near, uh, so turn to Psalm 34, I'm sorry. 
Uh, no, Psalm 34, verse 18. Um, I'm going to read that one. Verse 18. Okay, so here we learn that the Lord um, desires to take up residence to those who are, in, who are brokenhearted. Um, I would suggest those who are in brokenness also um, tied into there. Uh, why do I say that? Turn to uh, Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57, 15. I think we learn a lot, lot from this verse. Psalm 57. Uh, sorry, Isaiah 57, 15. <laughs> Excuse me. Isaiah 57, 15. Somebody will read that for us. High and lifted up, have its eternity, while on the high and holy place by the Spirit of the Lord. So, um, oh, sorry. In her book, uh, no, I, I, I think I'm okay. Um, in her book, uh, Brokenness. Uh, oh gosh, um, phenomenal book. Do it a second. Yeah, Nancy Lee DeMoss. Um, thank you, Nancy Lee DeMoss, in her book on brokenness, calls this verse out at the thank you at the very front of her book, and I thought it was really valuable because it says like God by choice chooses to dwell in two places, he chooses to dwell in third heaven, well with those whose souls are see themselves as sinners, how I would define brokenness, who see themselves as sinners. Back to your point, um, not, it, it, as opposed to the holiness of God. He says he, he takes up residence in their hearts. That's who he chooses to be. Not that, non, not that believers who, children of God, don't have the Spirit of God. I'm not getting into all that. I'm just saying that he is ever close in presence to those who see themselves this way. Um, and so um, he says, uh, contrite, of, contrite and lowly of spirit, uh, in order to revive those who are spirit of the lowly, revive the heart of those who are crushed, discouraged, you know, feeling humiliated. It's not because they're crushed spirits because of so much things that are going on. It's, it's that they have concluded themselves this way because of seeing themselves versus the holiness of God. That's the point. Does that make sense? Um, and so God says, I choose to dwell in those two places. That, for, that was helpful for me to be able to think through um, this like issue of intimacy. Yeah, go ahead and read it. Yeah. It, yeah. Amen. Yep. And verse 19 says that the, the outcome of this, you know, is going to be praise and thanksgiving right, and, right. and peace to those who are... Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's the difference that, you, that Sam was right. bringing up. Yeah, what it sounds to me yeah. of that. Yes. Yes, I think brokenness is a... Well, it, one of the facets. Yep. There's lots of different... Yeah. A heart of fulfillment. Okay. That's you know. where I was, I was trying to... Yeah, do. there's outcomes of it. There's ways to get to it. Yeah. Okay, I think brokenness is a way to get to humility. <laughs> Right, well, right. Yeah, he'll break oh, us. Yeah. God will break yeah. us. I mean, yeah. Until we, so, very hopefully that helps you kind of think this through. I think Psalm 51 is kind of a framework for us to think through. Think through. I th hopefully that's helpful to kind of go through that. The second one here is the process of, to restore biblical intimacy. I, I, I added this on because of input that uh, Anne gave me again last week. Remember, I said, like, like keep the cards and letters giving coming because we're this is kind of, we're, Firming this up a little bit better, you know. But she said, um, "said displease God or please God." It doesn't mean that you're just gonna. Um, if I please God, sometimes my life is hard. It was their point. <laughs> so the, I put on here the trajectory of one's life is going to be hard. The trajectory of one's life is going to have sorrows, 
due to my decisions in my heart. Pleasing God, the trajectory of one's life is to experience. But the framework for this whole thing, it, uh, where does this thing start with? I say, where did I say it starts with as far as restoration of biblical intimacy? I remember it's kind of in the middle at the top. Um, well, it's, it's, it's really coming back to uh, a decision that I need to make personally. I want to please God more than anything else. That's like that's where I want to start with myself. That's the way I want, where I want to start with people. I want to get a conclusion to that end. Because I can go, I can go talk about symptoms. I can go talk about this. That, what, it doesn't really matter. If I don't want to please God, then, then I am hopelessly lost in where I'm at. Stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if I really, really, really want to please God, then I'm looking for answers. I, back to your point, I'm like, I'm, I'm, here's, I'm listening now to what, what it would take to do that. Okay. So, uh, diagnostic phase, prescription phase, stabilization phase. Those are the three phases that we talked through last, last time. If you look at the next slide, um, we walk through those in more detail. Um, the, the orientation, I was going to flip these around. Uh, the orientation, uh, the approach, and then going deeper. Um, and on here, what I did is instead of on the top right side, the stabilization phase used to say, achieve ongoing patterns of success. I changed this to say achieve ongoing patterns of intimacy. So that process there, um, the biblical support for these things, um, and uh, kind of that's where we left off last time. Uh, any questions or comments as to where we're at there? Do this one more time here. So Would you say uh, next week? <laughs> uh, on the process yep. of intimacy with God, Correct. the stairs going up, Correct. that's what you did? Did. Okay. Did. Okay. So it's, uh, uh, if you take the diagnostic phase, that is, that is like um, changing the direction of that downward slope. Mm -hmm. um, and in the diagnostic phase, you're dealing with repentance. And um, I would suggest that, that in the, um, the prescription phase, you're dealing with reconciliation and um, that way up. Mm -hmm. And then uh, stabilization phase, you're dealing with this way forward. Good point. Maybe that'd be helpful. Okay. Um, all right. So, yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot that one, didn't I? Okay, um, so what I'd like to do is double-click on uh, the diagnostic phase together. Um, so you have your verses from last week. What I want to do now is take this slide here, this one that you can write on. Yep, everybody got that one? From, la this, from this week, from this week, okay? Everybody got that one? So what we're going to do now is I want to review uh, these verses from last week. We're going to start with the first column, okay? And we're going to, re we're going to read those. They're all printed out here, okay? Follow me? If you want to use your Bibles or if you want to read from here, that's fine. And when we go through these verses, we're going to read them. And then I want the person who reads them to share with the group what... What are the principles or the, the observations that you found in those verses? And we're going to write those um, in here. okay? Because as we read through these, we're going to observe a bunch of things. And when we add them all up to help us in the diagnostic phase, it will give us some, some, some very good information to help us think about what the diagnostic phase should 
comprise, be comprised of. Does that help with that? Makes sense to everybody? Then we'll do it for the middle one, then we'll do it for the right hand one, which says to me, we're not going to get done today. We may have to get it done next week or the following week. So, uh, But I think this should hopefully will be extremely helpful to go through this. Okay? Make sense? All right, so I haven't even done this, so this would be good for me um, to, to pull it out like this. I might, I wouldn't. I don't have it. Sorry. Uh, you can just look in your Bible if you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have it there. Yeah, yeah, she has it. She has it. She has it. Okay. So, so read. So, let's just go around the table this way. You want me to start? I'll start, okay? That's fine. All right. Okay, Numbers 323. Again, diagnostic phase is about what? It's about taking an inventory of what's happening, right? Trying to, trying to identify um, what's going on. Um, trying to under, look at what are the symptoms I'm seeing or happening, right? Trying to get to what is the real root cause of what's happening and then begin the process of solving thinking through how to solve that problem. That's, that's the beginning, okay? So Numbers 3.23 says, 32.23 says, but if you would, will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. So one of the key things for me to conclude here is that I can't hide my sin. It, it will come back in uglier ways if I don't deal with it, okay? So it, it, it'll show its head again in, in other ways, usually more uglier. Why is that? Because it's in my heart. Okay. Um, uh, I didn't get it from there. I just that out. <laughs> no, I, I believe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'd have to go to another place. <laughs> That's a good point. But the nature of sin is that it's it's in me, right? It's that um, it says your sin. So yeah. Okay. Uh, Anne. Psalm thirty-two, one through five and ten. How blessed is he who is transgressed. Is blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputed iniquity. I kept silent about my sin, my body, my vitality was drained away. I acknowledged my sin to thee, and not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions. Thou didst forgive the good sorrows of the wicked, but he loving kindness. There's a lot here. So this is that this is that this is that section that I was telling you about earlier. That is the other passage from David, right? Um, so we don't have to put all this on in. I mean, all of us can jump in on each of these. So uh, what do you what do you think? Okay. So sin is a huge burden. Right, affects, like physical life is over here, yeah. emotional life is over here. This says it doesn't keep it no, separate, right? No. So it affects, it affects everything. everything. Okay. Or we can acknowledge. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh -huh. So forgiveness, bless, blessing. Mm -hmm. What else? Intimacy, okay. Loving kindness. The feeling, experiencing that, right? Closer. Okay. Uh, if I don't, then I'm stubborn and I'll, I'll experience, it says here, sorrow, right? And my vitality is drained like the fever heat of the summer, so I'm uh, a uh, lifeless, maybe? Yeah, lifeless. Both physical and spiritual, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, body wasted away. Uh, okay. What else? Anything else? Forgiveness covers our sin. All right. Uh, Marlene, you want to read the next one? Okay. Okay, so certainly wicked, the wicked, yeah. He says that he, the Lord sustains those who are righteous. So what does righteous mean? It means those who are saying the same thing as God is, right? So yeah. um, as he's going to uphold and sustain and, and source of their strength, right? Pre, 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 speaking of like preserve, right? Or pre, um, okay. Uh, Sam? Thir Psalm 38. Unless, do you, anybody have any other ones for that one? I don't 
uh, it was that um, those who say the same thing as God, he's going to preserve them and sustain them. But if I don't say the same thing as God, which is like to righteous, right? Then he's not going to. I mean, wow. Wow. Again, all because of his sin, right? Um, and not having dealt with it. Yeah. Spiritually, yeah. But it, it, what's interesting is, is thing is, is this holistic. You know, it's hard to disentangle that due to sin will be a physical heart. You know, it's like, it's not just an anxious heart, right? Over time, an anxious heart could create, you know, all huge heart problems, you know? Something that was not dealt with. Yes. yes. So if we had dealt with it, we would not have, you know, this infection that's come because of lingering sin. All day long, that's the emotional. Lingering sin causes intense mental and emotional travail. <laughs> Agitation of my heart, boundness in my flesh, burning in my loins, bent over, fallen faster, my head, help for my too much burden. You just pull all those out and look at them individually, it's pretty overwhelming. So the one you just read, I think, is a little different than the other ones, which I want to call out, which is God's arrows have sunk deep into me. What is, that's, that's taking it to a different level. The other is because of my sin, but, and, and the implications that are going to come my way be, by not dealing with it biblically, right? The other is about God's hand on me. I'm feeling it, his point is. Like, I, I'm... Arrows come into you is like you feel those big time, right? So you're starting to actually go from just feeling bad to actually seeing how God is on the offense trying to get me to understand what's happening. Okay? Anything else on that one? Correct. In their life. Correct. God we don't have to, right? Right. Well, it's, yeah, and that goes back to that, you know, the verse that Sam really appreciates in Matthew, right? It's like the, you know, yeah. Act of God's offense. Correct, exactly. Exactly. And in, in your yeah, you, if you're on that road down, yeah. um, again, back to this issue of where is God in all this? Right. And number two, how, 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 how are the decisions of your heart working for you? Right. Those two questions for me, conversation here, because it's about like, wow, not working out too good, is it? <laughs> yeah. The other one, yeah, the other one, the first one was, where, where is God in all this? We talked about that one, right? Yeah. Second one was, how are the decisions of your heart, or, no, it's not. Oh, okay. How are the decisions of your heart or your soul working for you? Usually that last one from the standpoint of, like, these things they're experiencing, like turmoil, lack of friendship, lack of intimacy with God, lack of, in, just relationships that are just utterly destroyed or devastated, you know, be it their spouse or whoever. A lot of heartache, usually. A lot of mess, you know, everything you can think of that mess, is messed up, right? And I usually, before I ask that question, get to this point of, like, talking about decisions. Like, decisions create our destiny. Cre decisions create our future. Decisions, so, like, I want to stand that, like, I ask this question, it's about it trying to get to is the fact that it's your decisions that have made it happen the way it is, <laughs> having them to conclude that. Okay, Linda? Ongoing diligence is needed, right? Uh, to to preserve intimacy, really. Yeah. Heart, uh, so heart is the wellspring is another. Times we think the problems are, and this one's really important because if I can get them to believe that problems are not out there, problems are in me, especially with relationships in I am my greatest, I am my marriages. I can get the person to conclude something. Paul talks about in, in adversary, which is a foothold. 
Yeah, it's a foothold, you know, to yeah. go for it. No, 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 we should. We're not going to finish. <laughs> so let's let the spirit lead. <laughs> Did you hear that, Dave? <laughs> Or being sinned against violently. Yeah. Yep. So yep. you have a woman problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's where I would go almost invariably with the person because they, like, you, you can't change the other person. Change them. So what I, where I want to go with myself or with other people is, like, because 99% of the time we, we revert to Eden. So if you weren't this way, I wouldn't be this Well, No. Like, if I take 100% ownership for my responses, regardless of what's I am accountable and I'm responsible for, for that relationship. So, um, like, how am I responding to those? That's exactly what Christ did. He didn't throw insult for insult. Talk about that, you know. So, First Peter. So, um, th- that is, that's where I want them to, to get in their mind to, is like, God's responsible. If I can get them, now, there's physical abuse and those kind of, I'm talking about that. I'm, I'm saying, like, I want, I want to get myself, or I want to get that other person to a place where, like, regardless of what's happening outside the situation, you pleasing God in your way that you know your children are watching. I want to get, I want to, I want to smoke out all of that stuff and get them to a place where they can please God in their life. That's just a fundamental issue. Yeah. Okay. Anything else here? Um, it's interesting because from the heart springs, springs from from it flow. Springs of life, which is interesting. So, springs of life happen to be. Uh, <laughs> everybody who look in this room would look and say, "Like, what are they doing?" <laughs> um, so it's interesting. From the heart can flow death, or from the heart can flow life. I think is the key. Choose death or choose life. Right. Exactly. But again, it's your choice. Okay, um, Cheryl. Whatever was written. I, as I said before whether it's myself or whether it's with somebody else, I, I always want to conclude a session or a, a time with giving hope. Mm-hmm. Giving hope is utmost importance. With, um, it's just that our God is the God of all hope. Well, he, when he says you might have hope, he's saying that hope abounds and hope is available, but I would pray that you would actually grasp onto it and hold it. Yeah, it's in oh, the scriptures, I, yeah, right? The scriptures. Yeah, so... Sure. Yeah. We so don't go to a relationship. We don't, we don't go to the Lord for our alcohol. Yes. We have a culture that's so again. What is hope again? Is found in a person, right? It is that Christ died, rose again, and back, as is all powerful and all sovereign. And so hope is available, and it hope is found in the Lord through through the Scriptures. Okay. Um, next one is, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will with the temptation also provide a way of escape, um, that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. So, here I would say, um, um, I am, I am not, uh, um, I'm not unique. Uh, things I'm going through have been gone through. Other people have gone through the same things. Um, it's common to man. Um, uh, God is faithful. God is faithful. Um, he, uh, 
how would I say this? Like, like, like the specific temptation I'm in, and a lot of times it's just important to see every all these things as temptations. The temp, when I say a temptation, it's like a, a call to think a certain way, a call to believe a lie, a call to act in a way that's ungodly. Whatever that is, that thing is is something that God has ordained. It's throne room, given permission to Satan, ask me with it. Because along with that, he's actually got this little way of escape. So my one is that God, like th this situation is, is God's plans for me. Number two, that he has designed an escape valve for me to use. I wanted. Um, no, it's not hopeless. In fact, he's actually designed, super designed, you know, escape route. The other thing, too, on this is that God is, like, actively involved in, like, every single thing in my life as a result of the fact that he's ordained. <laughs> really? Roads. Done the major work. Yeah. Are paved with gold. All we have to do is step on the road. Amen. Done. We're, we're hard. If and... One last thing is, he says, beloved, flee idolatry. So I, I just want to make a point here is that um, all the thoughts, all the imaginations, all the lies, all of the things that I'm trying to bring us to the place of addressing or dealing with are, are all, at the end of the day, idols. They're things raised up against the true knowledge of who God is in Christ. And we'll start there next week because... I want to actually show you how to work through, um, how to bring every thought captive to the glory of God um, in our lives, um, and, and, and actually work through what is the lie I'm thinking, what is the truth that God says, and what is the scripture that supports that. So I want to show you how to work through that, you, that makes sense. So we'll just stop there, because this next section here is, 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 is that verse. It's, we are taking every thought captive for the obedience of Christ. And it's raised up against, quote, the knowledge of God. Knowledge of God. Good. Sam, can you close us in prayer? Privilege to counsel. Amen. All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Great week. Great. Good stuff.